everybody. Welcome to another edition of Baked and Wake. Today is going to be a video live stream, but naturally part of the podcast world. Uh, got a great guest today who I'm really excited to introduce to everybody. Uh, forgive me if my eyes drift a little bit as I read a bit of an intro here for you about our guest, Andreas Exertus. He's one of my favorite YouTube researchers and content creators. Andreas' areas of interest are far-ranging and always interesting, to say the least. With a strong focus, though, on the mysteries of the old world and the, I guess we'll call it purported lost civilization of Grand Tartaria, the mud flood, many mysteries that surround those, star bastion forts, among others. It's an area of deep affinity with matters that we've talked about on the podcast quite a bit up to this point. Andreas' videos, for sure, though, much more so, much more so than anything I've made, really shine. He's a very talented and much more uh, robust video producer and content creator, in addition to being a strong independent researcher. And his videos combine imagery and archival footage of animation and Hollywood media of all sorts, uh, broadcast media of all sorts, uh, as well as like archival news footage with points that he makes that relate back to these topics of research, uh, kind of with a lens of Tartarian discernment. They're often much more than casual associations or coincidental points that Andreas will bring up in the course of his videos as well. And then anyone who's watched his content has like me probably found themselves scratching their head now and then at where even these connections are being made in this young man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a good time. Uh, you got to check out his content if you haven't. So, uh, not too long ago, um, and we've been trying to get together and sit down for a chat, but not too long ago, Andreas uploaded, re-uploaded an older video to a backup channel of his on YouTube, as those of us who are playing in like the fringe research sandbox or want to do at times, I probably should have a backup channel at some point in time, but I don't have a backup channel on YouTube at this point. Um, this video, however, in particular that Andreas just re-uploaded is a video called History Revised 001, kind of an overview of Tartaria. History Revised Exertus Tartaria. The link will be in the description for this stream, by the way, everybody. I re-watched the video. I thought, okay, this is the perfect video to sit down with Andreas and go over a, a bit of the material that's covered there because it's a great overarching high level on the whole Tartaria question. So um, 
that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I'm really excited to go over it with Andreas. We've been connected online in his Tartary Nova online Discord community for probably over a year now. Uh, and he's very active in there and very responsive to members of the Discord uh, who are in there contributing massively to the knowledge base and to the research that goes on. A lot of which finds its way back into Andrea's content uh, in different ways. Uh, so we'll get into all that and more and definitely I'll provide the link for uh, the Discord community as well uh, for you folks in the show uh, description uh, when this goes live. So, uh, but without further ado, let's bring up Andreas. Let's add him to the stream. Oh yeah. Welcome brother. How are you? Hey, welcome. Good to have you. How are you? Thank you. So to have me. You're on that right. matrix filter. Are you coming to, from, to us from the sixth dimension right now? I just, I just felt like it was important to experience <laughs> this video. Coming through a portal. Coming through a portal. We got it's on there. It to be like the experience that it was, you know, where we're able to really try. Yellow all shirt things. squad. Oh, I like that one. I like so that one. in the you last. See your yellow shirt, though. So. In the last like 20 minutes, I set up while you were sending this great thing. I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh. There's this program called Cam Twist. Have you heard of Cam Twist? No. Is this a plug in or something? This is a thing. I'm going to just pull it up here. So this is Cam Twist right now, and it's an app. You can get it for Linux or Mac or Windows or whatever. And it's – you. so here I did. I clicked on – Just download some malware onto your system. No, it, it's open source Linux software. It's all GitHub free. It's very clean. You can read the code. <laughs> I trust – I don't trust a lot of things besides <laughs> robotic clean code. Right. Here's, here's a webcam source, and right. then I added some effects – which I can now click on and I can change. And isn't that neat? You can have a kaleidoscope of your screen share. I mean, whoever thought of that? Like, Dang. that's really neat. So no, that's phenomenal. So anybody I want a free piece that. of software? I, mean, yeah. I could use that later. Cam, cam Twist would be good for anybody, I think. This is kind of neat. I don't I know. Can, I could see and I even I could even put it over here. Like, like oh, like, welcome to our show. We're on a radio. Oh, snap. You can do the commentator. I'm pretty excited. That's, that's this is a new experience that we've just and so and check it out. Let me if I go ahead and pull myself out, put that back up. I'll oh man, see how oh, they want to see that. Oh yeah, this is this is today's news. Today we're talking with Stephen Kaminsky from Baked and Awake about reality and the things great about reality. Look at all the great that's things. Not bad. Okay, I don't. <laughs> hate that. That's that's in, that's that's interesting. Yeah. That's all right. That's interesting. It's a little Soviet, but it seems to work. You know. I love it. I love it. Um, so, uh, first off, welcome, fully welcome. Uh, we've thank been having a few minutes getting ready to get on uh, this broadcast. So, thank you for spending the time. Um, you know, we could obviously we could go nuts about any one of the points that we wanted to talk about here tonight. Could be an hour they could be a show they could be a topic of conversation all on their own um you know there but we're gonna try to keep it moving as we go through them tonight because we also want to let people go back and find that video and watch it and enjoy it too right yeah um, so you know i i loved this though because 
I think a lot of us and hopefully a lot of people who end up watching this video will be members of the Discord community and other members of the wider Tartarian uh, sort of aficionado research community, uh, whether it's on YouTube or on Discord, on Reddit, wherever they might be in the in the wider world. Um, I do think, though, that a lot of people look at you as, you know, right up there in the the membership of the Pantheon of like the more helpful, more uh, comprehensive independent researchers that have put out a lot of content that's, you know, at times interesting, at times puzzling, at moments cryptic and, and like challenging because it doesn't like you don't always spell everything out, you know, on your sleeve in in every video. Some of your videos are a lot more um, sort of thought exercises than others uh, for the viewer, for the for the person uh, consuming the, the content. But, um, you know, I don't know who I found first, you or Philip, but, you know, you've given me a lot of my background on not just Tartaria and Mudflood, but also on a lot of the themes that come up when discussing Tartaria and Mudflood. And that is what, um, you know, are, is there a hidden hand, you know, ruling the world of some kind and, and, and who are they in their many forms? And what does that look like throughout history? And how does that relate back to this topic that we're talking about? And especially when we talk about uh, topics, uh, you know, catchy terms like mud flood, you know, anybody who comes in from the outside and has never heard of uh, the mud flood, a mud flood, what the flip is a mud flood? Are you guys for real right now? Uh, you know, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to grapple with, with this uh, topic. And, you know, yeah, I, I just think this video uh, history revised is a great way for people to start to look into um, Tartaria and Mudflood. I was just making sure our tunes in the background were still playing. I hope that other people can hear them as well. Uh, right now, I think we are still, are we still listening to you? I hear a faint amount of music. It seems good. But I don't know if it's still your I want to make sure we're in. That sounds like me. You can hear that this is arranged marriage, which is based on the uh, Dancing Queen by ABBA, but it, you wouldn't notice it unless you were a machine. Let's keep it a Keep the little sounds on in the background for us here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Like yeah, I appreciate I appreciate the depth. It's What's great. funny is, you know, I think about you also on the same side as someone who's been uh, there's been a lot of people who've come into this movement, but you've been here since like day one, you know, or day six or something. You're definitely one of the first few people to like have been watching videos and uh, that I've been putting out. Sure. And, and you know, I, I'm not saying I was the first person to put out videos by any stretch. My videos started kind of as a redundancy check because there's a lot of people who are starting to put out videos and like, well, wait a second. Well, what about this? And it turned out that I had a lot more of the questions answered than some of the other YouTube videoers. So I had to continue making videos 
and then people were making answers. We had this great community start, Tartary Nova, because we're talking about Tartaria. We created Tartary Nova, and I set up a server because I'm from Silicon Valley, and I know about computers just a little bit. Right. By, by the way, I want to talk about that later because I'm really nice. excited. Nice, really. But, um, but, yeah, so we did the TartaryNova.com, and it's a free – website that we can put together research and all of a sudden i started presenting people's research because people like uh come to my channel but then there's been like you know internet blacklists for everybody and shadow bans and whatever because all this information turned out to be like way more valuable and important than anyone really kind of understood the the value of but it seemed really obvious that if like history had been hidden by somebody to change it so that they could control something that yeah you know i mean like it, it's naive to think that you could talk about that without having a certain amount of pushback. But in terms of like geology and bringing together scientists, this was one of those things where it was like, there wasn't anyone out there defending it enough to like really hide it. So you've got people looking into Peruvian mud floods. I was living in the South American Peruvian Amazon where there were mud floods and people had nothing but Coca-Cola for a month, you know, and people died and right. the, like the worst possible circumstances because mud would come down from a river. Uh, it would completely collapse houses, towns, buses, trains, and buses and and bridges just pushed together and covered in mud and lost forever, like a weird horror movie from you know the nineties. But so real you know? people, anybody who knows this topic knows exactly what we're talking about. Anybody unfortunate enough to just be stumbling across this particular uh, stream and this video. Uh, are going to be like, what are these two going on about? And so I would like to, you know, back it up to kind of the beginning of the video in, in a lot of ways. And uh, basically ask that question. What is the grand Tartaria thing? What is the mud flood thing is grand Tartaria a, uh, a, uh, a mythical lost civilization? Is it a real lost civilization? Now, assuming I've never talked about it and assuming I know very little about the topic, um, you know, because that those mud floods you just characterized, we've seen a lot of the videos. You can find that stuff on YouTube, on Instagram, all over, uh, you know, the internet, wherever you go and consume your video, your memes, whatever you might find, where whatever subreddit you uh, peruse, if you go down certain paths and, and start looking up mud flood, you're going to see modern video of lahars and other powerful, large uh, movements of mud that literally will wipe towns. And I'm not talking mud huts. I'm talking you know, brick, multi-story buildings, gas stations, elementary schools, cars, wow. trucks, you know, large homes, apartment buildings right off the side of a hillside. So, um, so this is, you know, that's something that greatly illustrates for us what this could have been like in some cases. And in other cases, we see like slower moving stuff. And that also is compelling as well yeah but, i mean it shouldn't be discounted just right. because it doesn't move instantly but there's like there's neo-catastrophism which is this idea right. that actually like there's catastrophes and then there's this sort of 
what's the word uh totali uniformism or something like that it's this idea of uniformitarianism like where things gradually break down over periods of time and, and it's, it's not to say that doesn't happen but that's except for volcanoes and the earthquakes mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. chaos mm -hmm. and propaganda and democracy you know there's the things that destroy a lot more than you realize that we do you know and, and i don't i don't mean to sound like uh Al Gore, but yeah, you do, you know, you can perfect, you can prevent forest fires. You can prevent like the library from burning. You prevent library fires. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but there's like, there's a level there where you actually have a certain amount of interaction and engagement to change things. But mostly what happens is there's catastrophes. Like it, to be real, like a volcano I'm, goes I'm off about stickers along the bottom of the screen here, kind of oh, yeah. close to these you. points that you're illustrating. Thank you for um, bringing the CNN feeling back. No, no, you know, I mean, volcanoes are everywhere. Right? <laughs> so, so no, it's real. You know, this is this is a topic of revisionist history, right? Um, researchers who get into this are revisionist historians so to speak in a lot of ways uh but i'm sure many of them i don't know i can't speak for you but many of them probably think of themselves uh some of these other folks who might be you know have been looking into this for years now uh, maybe even writing books about it uh as restoring history like restoring fidelity to history to a certain extent um so, you know, I, I think there's an element of that that I find super compelling about the Tartaria question, the Tartaria mystery. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that you brought up, and I'm just peeping at my notes really quick here, uh, you know, in the video, you know, and we won't go into every single point that you brought up in the video. I really want people to go back and watch History Revised Tartaria. Um, but you brought up early on in the, in the uh, points that you brought up in that video that you know, now we, we, we agree that Grand Tartaria was potentially a world-spanning civilization, a, a universalist civilization of some kind that uh, was multiracial, multicultural, multigenerational, uh, and largely constituted in a lot of ways what has come to be remembered as the old world and the old country um we see it represented in like modernity in history and the curriculums that we are uh given in like grammar school and in um not you know uh, high school level all right i don't know what you get in different uh, paths that you pursue in, in university <laughs> history. Um, because of course it gets a lot more specific then, right? You start chopping stuff up, uh, a lot more, but what I was going to say to that is that the, the, the history that we're taught is that if Tartaria ever was mentioned, which it of course wasn't, uh, it would have been mentioned in very vague passing as the Tartars or the Cossacks, uh, or some other subdued derivative latter day uh, populace who well, eventually, eventually within the last two or three hundred years, right? Within the last two or three hundred years, but for before that, there are fairy tales about it. 
So that's the other thing is that there's a definite switch over where the word was used for a good thing to become a bad thing. And this happens a lot to things where there's something that was like tartar was like tartastic. And all of a sudden now it's like, you've got tartar on your teeth. You there know? we go. There we go. So now this is what I mean. Lies are obscured truth. You, this was the point that you brought up in the, in the video. That's a great one, right? Tartar, you know, tartars, we're talking about an elevated, enlightened, interesting, amazing, robust uh, culture and civilization. But all we have today are remnants that in many ways are references that beget dark thoughts and negative thoughts. They have connotation. I got, I got, a, tri I got a trisyllabic, right? I got, a, I got a modern trisyllabic drop for you right now. Right. Dangerous. Okay. Dangerous. Danish, German, Russian, dangerous. Like these are the kinds of things that have been built. Like, I mean, a lot of these ones are not even a joke. You look into the etymology and you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, how does this happen? Like what in tarnation? Boom. Right. So, so, you know, you had the excellent, excellent uh, uh, example of primitive. Right. Let's talk about primitive for a second. That, that's one. Okay. So we, you start looking into extremes and you start to look in the political spectrums and things. And then you've got this idea of radical, you know, and progressive and, and et cetera. When you really get down to it, what they're saying is they don't want you to be a primitive, but the word primitive, even if you start to think about common denominator, mathematical radicals, a radical, you want to get to the prime number. So a prime is actually the prime of a primitive is the most important part. It's kind of like when people say basic versus based, there's like a whole different culture that's like, actually, that's essential, that's primal, that's, you know, the essential. It isn't necessarily it's bad. Not really bad. No, I mean, basic is connoted. Yeah, I mean, the, people act like basic is bad, but it's like, have you ever oh, seen right. primitive, so primitive. taking care of their basics? People who take care of their basics are considered like extremely advanced, extraordinary. If you have your bases covered, that's a good thing, right? It, that, to, to take it a little bit just to the side of basics, bases, you know, the, the, very, the very saying, I've got all my bases covered. It's like having your basics. Right now, you could buy like a lordship in Scotland. You could cut a lordship title by buying yeah. by buying like 10, 10 feet or something like that in some little plot, and it protects it for the wilderness. Think about it. You could protect the environment. You could become a lord, and you could you could you could have your family respect you. So I mean, there's there's wow. there's ways you could change the world. Like it's You're like, like I'll thank you to use my proper title. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> or you, could, you could be a layered either way. A, oh my god. Uh, so, you know, I think, uh, the, the primal was, uh, prime primitive was beautiful because it sounds so crappy. It sounds terrible. Primitive. Oh, yuck. Yeah, they know, like people use right. it against you because they're taught in school that you don't want to be primitive. So then they come to you and they're like, well, you're just so primitive, but they're saying that you should be outside of the ordinary. And by trying to be outside of the ordinary, what you're saying is that you need to get rid of huge chunks of yourself, which is really like, you can consider that your shadow. Cause it's like, well, I'm hiding that. And I don't want people to like, look at myself, but when you're being yourself though, aren't you more in your prime? It and, and when you're yourself, you're more in your prime. And so then they're like, well, you're being more primitive. So it's like, yeah, but, but no, you're really feeling yourself. You're, you know, the, 
You're yeah, harder so, to fight. You're harder yeah. to fight when you're essentially uh, capable. You know, when you're and, and that's the other thing. It's like agency. We had a video yesterday on the Exertus channel, YouTube.com Exertus. Uh, we talked about we talked about the agency idea because people are like, oh well, what if you're mind controlled and you have no no agency? It literally means to have the capacity to make choices and to make actions that are effective. And so you want to have free agency. You want to have prime agency. Like that's that's something that every person should have individually and they shouldn't give it away to somebody else to control for them. You know, like that's the, that video is so good. And it really, obviously in a lot of cases begged the question of, do we still have our agency or not? You have to ask that yourself, not just every day, but like every, every choice you make, every decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, loved, loved that uh, discussion. And that point, I think you brought up because this is about the the question of how this mystery is framed in history and how those who start to look into it and begin to dig into it and begin to unearth it um, will begin to find some things that might unsettle them and that might be uh, things that they've seen before and things that bring with them a little bit of like stress. And like those are like a lot of the symbols that you show visually in that video. And those are symbols of the Jan uh, religion and symbols of many other cultures all around the world. Oh, the Jain the the religion? Absolutely. The Jan, oh, yeah. the Jain, Jan, excuse me, forgive me, folks. No, uh, no, no. Well, it's, it's okay. So I kind of consider um, history revised. So you're talking about the revision historian. So maybe we're it's talking like, about Swazis here. This is, this is well, Gama- let's call him a Gamadian. Let's call him a Gama- right. We'll call him about a Gamadian, but we'll get, we'll get to this idea. Cause right. the thing is, it's not that weird if you have the context, but if everyone just throws it from the middle, they're like, ah, every time. And but, so I want to, I want to like, well, okay. Everyone talks about revising sort of introductory point though, that like, this is what you'll run into as a new person looking into Tartaria. You're going to run into uh, a a, a lot of interesting new historical narratives that put different, having said that different places. I I heard, we both of antique swastikas. But we heard, but we heard about this before there was a media campaign against it. So you got to understand the context. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So it's like, so here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I feel like it's fair to explain from the beginning. So in the, in the mid 20 YouTube years, when the beginning of YouTube, there was Benjamin Stewart made esoteric agenda. I saw esoteric agenda. I thought that was the spiritual de facto, not, not is the unofficial, but de facto spiritual successor to esoteric agenda is history revised. My video about my documentary that's about what kind of has happened in the in the history of the world there sort of go. around okay. the periods dealing with um the illuminati as people refer to it but there's a lot more going on there because there also is chaos there also are people that are under control everyone's always said, well what about all the people that are just doing what they're told like yeah that is a huge part of it i've we- watched esoteric agenda it yeah. was excellent powerful yeah. zeitgeist level production yeah. value. I, I like it better i like it better than zeitgeist. Kind of, yeah. 
Ben Ben Stewart's a friend of mine. He's actually making esoteric esoteric agendas too. You should check out Ben Stewart. He's actually he's still working on stuff. But yeah. um, but in terms of history revised, I I felt like it needed to answer a lot of the questions around the context of history. So a lot of what the video is, is it talks about the context of history because you're you're told today. Oh well, the American Indians during World War II or during the Civil War. It's like, well, what was what were those things? Look at them actually, and you'll see that there were five tribes, that they all had slaves, they were part of a confederacy. The confederacy was then created not uh, in America out of the Athenian democracy, but more really related to the Indian Iroquois uh, constitution, which was uh, barely a constitution. It was more of a agreement amongst uh, different tribes. The five tribes, of course, had confederation instead of having a federal government that controlled over them and then the federalist papers are a response to that and so we have a constitution for the united states from 1791 not from 1776 because it's a different it's a different country it's important to know that there's another america from 1776 to 1791 and then now this is america 2.0 and right. it, it's owned by microsoft right. and it's not the same right. america right it, part of the confederation being the one point yeah. And so the Civil War is really the war of northern aggression upon this confederation that was like, you know what, we want to go back to that. That seemed more legitimate. Right. And there's a reason why there were a number of Indian troops and Buffalo soldiers were not just in the north. There were uh, Union were actually much more racist. They continued with the Emancipation Proclamation, not even freeing slaves in the north. That was only for rebelling states. So oh, really, true. there's sweatshops still in the north. This whole idea about racism. I mean, you've got a black governor in Louisiana, uh, Pinchbeck, E.B. Pinchbeck, in uh, the first governor after the Confederation is destroyed still because they can't change the fact that racism just isn't coherent in this idea in Louisiana. Okay, and this goes back to this idea of whether or not Tartaria is racist. Right. And I think that's really an interesting thing because I never even – I tell you, I mean, I'm from Santa Cruz, California, We're we're pretty like we're pretty out there. So we're thinking about aliens. We're a little too busy for this whole idea. Right. But let me just like my best sweeping statement and a mathematical claim, because I can give you empirical evidence and observations for hours about how that doesn't make sense. But just a mathematical obvious point is that if you have a limited ethno state or any kind of I mean, let's say you have only dudes, right? Like what's the next generation going to be like? It doesn't matter what the sentence was. It could have been about Chia pets. It could have been about black people, white people. It could have been about Cocker Spaniel dogs. Like what you're going to have the next generation is not as interesting as another state that has more and more expansion, more and more interaction, more and more trade. And so the difference between an isolationist ethno state and an expansionist trade state is the difference between Tartaria and the isolationist period, which you're now seeing with COVID. It's like pretty obvious the difference really with like trade and international travel and whether or not people are isolated from each other and they don't know what's going on unless the top down is telling them like in starship troopers with bugs like it's a sci-fi horror film that's the difference so tartaria is by fundamental design a faster evolved system a more progressive system because it's all about trade it's all about trying to get information and it doesn't care what color your skin is unless it interests them and that's the other weird thing about it it's like if it's so this is the thing I asked, I said all that before I said the answer, is it racist or not? Because here's the cool part. It can still be racist. Right. It just like, like Chinese restaurants and ethnic food can, we can still respect that there are people and stories that they have to tell mm -hmm. that can still exist. We don't have to be blind to that without being supremacist or worse, something worse than being a supremacist. 
It's an ethnocentrist. It doesn't mean that you think you're superior. Right. It's just that you still think around the paradigm of just your own little bubble. Right. That's that's even worse. Like at least if you lie to yourself that you're better than other people, you can be incoherent. But if you know that you just can't understand other people, I don't know. So Tartaria is all about the Library of Alexandria, all about trying to get more information. And what are the evidences of that? Well, what have we had any time in a limited experience? When have we ever had free trade? Well, the internet was a very brief time where for uh, up until 2012, there was this thing called the internet. I'm sure most of your fans haven't really heard of it. I but I remember it. It's yeah. getting dimmer in my memory. At this there was point. a little yellow man, kind of like our shirts, that ran and he gave you floppy disks that gave you 200 minutes and it would just sing on your modem like, <laughs> like Yoda or Chewbacca. Oh, my God, man. I'm uh, saving this for a rainy day. This is if my internet goes out. I'm pretty sure this is still good, right? That feels really good. That feels is that a laser disc? What am I? <laughs> I think it goes. Oh shit! It might not go on my new computer. I might have to buy a drive. It's a little dusty. Oh my yeah. god! That's, that's pretty much the coolest we'll thing. Later. We'll use that later. Even you just gave me so much hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. I, you've never struck me as an apologist, all right? I don't think that you would sit here and deny for a moment that we, despite what we just talked about with respect to the American Civil War and the way history has remembered it, um, that there were many well-known, well, very well-documented uh, statements from the respective governments of the territories that were the Confederate states every one of which unequivocally stated that the reason for them seceding from the union, the straw that broke the camel's back was the uh, Emancipation Proclamation. Oh, yeah. But the Emancipation Proclamation is a lot bigger than people realize. Right, right. We've got because the 13th like, Amendment. Where does it say in the Emancipation Proclamation that black people are free or that slaves are free? Have right. you? Is there a part of the Emancipation Proclamation right. that? At all, well, so, and that there's yeah. a very fine Netflix documentary on that called Thirteenth, I think, right? That really does a great yeah. job with all yeah. that. The, the to, fundamental thing is that we're all subject to the same obligations as each other. Basically, it didn't make black people white people; it made all people, whatever color or creed, or if they're robots mm -hmm. or corporations, mm -hmm. slave, slaves, right. subject slaves. to this yeah. new legalized and, yeah. slavery. And, and slave is a weird word because it means Slav, and you know, twelve years of Slav. There we go again with the wordplay. You know, yeah. and that was that was the yeah. that was the point that you know you led with very, uh, I think, uh, correctly in the video was setting up that dichotomy in people's minds, like suspend well, your disbelief for a moment, and now remember we're going to present a bunch of words and terms to you that you don't even necessarily know you already have associations in your head right. i mean it's not to say uh, that the the legal definitions were ever called slavery because they were called peculiar institution and all this other stuff right, but right. when people looked at it they were like oh i know what that is what's that grandma oh that's what's called being a, sla a slavic person because right. slavic persons did that for the moorish empire i remember back from old country what's that country what in tarnation tartaria every single time you and you've got plenty of examples where i mean the clown outfit you know like the joker harlequin outfit super colorful clothes where's my jacket i don't know 
in general, super colorful clothes. Anything that you have is supposed to be clowny. That's because they had awesome powders, awesome print, awesome cool textiles. And when they were conquered, because you had a less civilized civilization that was like, I bet you could just take it. Like, <laughs> that. And, and jesters, of course, had a, a oddly exalted position. Yeah, because they were wise. You know, role, you know yeah. hanging out with the king. Well, uh, did did the role of court jester potentially come from? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's ample am, ample evidence that the right. Sorry, yeah, the Occident. The, you look in South France. You look in South France. You look in Switzerland. You look in Italy. You look and you find the Occidental uh, parts of Europe are filled with examples where the former government, uh, somebody clever enough, became the amuser of the king a really awesome job because for the most part, what happens is if you look into our trapezoidal uh, map in the history revised documentary, I show how history, and this is from anthropology. I've noticed it. And I took anthropology from my, my teacher actually helped discover how the Mayan etymological iconographical uh, symbols from their hieroglyphs have phonemes and have uh, iconographical symbol. Uh, they have a certain rhetoric, uh, lexicon value. Right. So there's there's like a there's like hieroglyph and there's sound, and you can figure out how they can re remix. Because in some languages, like two thousand is in Chinese, five thousand in English, it's like twenty in Sanskrit, it's forty in mine, it's like two hundred. So it, it it couldn't have been one or the other, and of course it had to have been both, and they figured it out. But with uh, with anthropology, they found every single time um, the culture that is the bottom culture mm -hmm. they're, they're usually the conquered people that were native you know they were the people that came right. from that place right and, and then you've got the people that conquered them but the i mean this is why they call it the trapezoid not the pyramid because there's the people that conquered them are usually not the same people that made them conquer oh, them conquer. There, there were there were usually somebody who was fighting somebody with somebody and they convinced or, or somebody them, this, yeah. is a, this is at least the story of the Aztecs from Parable. I don't know how true any actual history is as a revision historist, but I do think it, a historian, but historist is actually more fun because we're thinking, <laughs> well, it's kind of the ideas of, of, it's the ideas of storytelling really. And who knows if they're actually trying to tell you the true story because there's always a hidden layer in story and they expect you in storytelling to exaggerate so because it's not even expected originally that you were going to write things down so if you would just tell people about the dragon people would tell each other about the dragon oh even if you read the book you'd be like oh yeah the dragon was amazing so at some point the sure. dragon becomes a plane yeah. and whatever but at the end of the day what you did was you got your meme as far as you could because you told people enough of the story that the basic part of it is still in the story 2000 years later somewhere yeah yeah and it's incredible how many people from ancient greece or you know from the byzantine empire were able to put just the right seeds into a story that those pieces last for retelling and people say oh I, it's my version of the story yeah okay but at least you got the message to keep going memetics and genetics telling the story that don't even know they're not making it up for themselves at a certain point right but the, yeah. so the, 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 the people at the very top in Aztec culture were supposed to have gotten several people underneath them because they had fought with an alliance but didn't fight as hard. And then that was exhausting and fatiguing of one group, so they conquered them. And when they did, then they started spreading because they had 
they were able to take their conquered people. Their conquered people would run out, and this happens also with the the, the different parts of Asia. People would stab themselves and cut up their chest and like run out in front of a field of people. So you're standing there, right? Imagine you're in your hometown. A thousand dudes show up banging on drums in the morning and you're like, dude, it's way too early. And you got to get up and you go out and your mom is like, and like, you're like, ah, and then they're like, and they kill themselves in front of you. Okay. And then the next group of dudes run out after them and they kill themselves in front of you and the drums a little bit louder and then bigger dudes show up to kill you that's literally how battles were fought in a lot of circumstances they would make the people sacrifice themselves at the beginning of the battle so that their families would be spared back home or whatever or you know like even just because otherwise they would torture them worse and that was a demonstration (laughs) of that army yeah dude Dude, totally. And you're like, you're, dude, it's like 9 a.m. You haven't even like really you're gotten. Pretty much like thrown away right before. After yeah. You're like, dude, these guys are nuts. And Yo, get it. What do you yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so first off, everybody dies who's not important. And everybody else is like, okay, I'll do exactly what you say. Please let me have a glass of water. It's too early. Like every time, because they were really this the words. Uh, this is that uh, sort of origin of nations model that you also talk about in that video. It's sort of a trapezoid theme, right? That's um, that's that- also important is nomadicism because a lot of the big problem is like let's say you look at Europeans, um, they think of states staying the same for a long period of time but there's like logistical networks that really matter because a lot of places can't evolve without this sort of cappuccino economy idea. So every single one of these stories, they've said, okay, well this city was built out of the reason these people here wanted to protect themselves, but it's just, it's not freaking possible, you know? And I'll say that anywhere, like I'm not the first person to say it, but like, if that makes me seem more notorious, that's great. But look at the, Vinland map from the Tartar Codex that Yale got in 1950. <clears throat> That's a good example because it shows the Tartar Codex has, has all the examples of how America was already pre-discovered before any other period, before 1492. Wow. Um, and the, in, in, in the ancient times, they even have maps of Antarctica from the 1500s. I mean, the whole, with cities on them. Mm-hmm. So, so we're really calling the question. Theories are different, distinct from that one probably distinct from that one too i'm sure there the thing is the thing is both maps are really similar and that's that gets into a whole other idea which is that there's a certain arab quality to the tartary mm-hmm. there was uh, a proto islam that kind of the word islam seems to have been used but it doesn't mean the same thing as it does today it's, it's kind of again where another word's been changed it meant to be in bliss and harmony and to follow these rules but now it's been used to be part of this submission it actually means submission now mm-hmm. to be part of this this other kind of organized um cultic you know organization old religion or whatever i mean there's a bunch of different people using the word even islam mm-hmm. but but the but the generality is that like christianity even like krishna like there's these these root terms that actually the sounds come from that sanskrit is in what became greek and for a long time the greeks would pretend they invented sanskrit so we now know that they lied i mean there are reasons why they weren't confused 
Maybe they, they might have been confused. No, this is that's no. To be honest, that's fair. It's fair because you have Greeks that thought they were Egyptian. So the thing is, did they not just think that they were because they had been the emperors of those places and they kept going over these places and taking over over a period of time? That really, what happens then is the women, like Cleopatra, mate with this outside male ruler because the male ruler comes in and says, "I want to take over." But in a matriarch or a matriarchy, she's like, well, that's pretty much fine. You want to go run around and fight people and make our kingdom bigger. That's fine. I'll just pick up the pieces and organize everything. It's like any good filmmaking thing. It's like Patton Oswalt says, like the, the filmmakers like always shooting the movie and the, the female is the great editor of Jaws and every, every great movie editor is a female. Cause it's like, all right, I'll pick up the pieces. You know, like this is so Cleopatra, uh, the idea of wearing wigs comes from, egypt like because women were the better rulers because they'd been through more yeah there's a lot about like you know and it's not to say women and men are no, wait, better or worse but in different ways they're useful it was that was transvestitism at oh yeah the government level well, okay go ahead and make judges early, seem weird you know <laughs> <laughs> just because a judge wears a dress and has curls doesn't mean you they are they're in gowns you're right robes are gowns Wow. Now you take them seriously from now on. I tell you what. You know, so you were talking about maps that used to represent Tartaria more uh, fully, more oh, robustly, yeah. showing aspects of latter-day Tartarian um, regions. Uh, yeah. You know, even most of the maps that we've been seen, we've been presented with in the, uh, you know, online media that I've at least seen, um, doesn't go, you know, too deep into uh, those associations in North America, per se. But we know that there is a lot of it uh, that seems to be there, too, in terms of we're talking about a Tartaria that used to be on maps more than it used to be. And that might have been all around the world, whether you think yeah. the world was a pancake or a globe or a trapezoid or right you know inside the eyeball of a skull floating in space giant titan skull um but uh i guess what you mentioned there with uh with uh the scandinavia map uh reminded me of the mole atlas which is a map that i became familiar with from I want to say it's the Smithsonian Institution has this mole atlas, and I did a quick like video on it a while back. Where here's seemingly Tartaria on this map, and they have all these plates of the map, but the Smithsonian says not all of them were scannable, digitizable. So they make this big hullabaloo about making this mole atlas from 1927 available. Uh, you know, not incredibly old, but oldish right and uh yeah and this is the thing through some strange glitch in the matrix many plates weren't actually scannable uh through some other odd glitch there is a what appears to be a physical excision out of one of the only verbose descriptive word plates that was scanned that they shared from the Smithsonian that tells you interesting, colorful, like encyclopedic paragraph, like entries about different locations on the map. And the 
page is alphabetical and it's clear that they're about to roll into the T's and a rectangular chunk of the page is literally cut out of this page in the Smithsonian inexplicably. There's no explanation as to why this plate was scanned and a chunk is out of it. They don't have a little note that says horribly damaged, you know, water damage or something like that, or eaten by moths, you know what I mean? Or, you know, anything, nothing. There's no annotations on it to show you why an obvious physical emission has taken place here. When did that occur? Why, where are these other plates that are so damaged you couldn't scan them? Scan them. Let's well, see the you, bad quality you, image you that looked, you scan. Have you Let looked me into the Smithsonian? You know, have I you know. into the Smithsonian right? a bit? I mean, a little bit, right? Because, of course, they're the giant hider. I, I, right? hate, I hate to be out. like this. I hate to be like this mainly because I still haven't gone as far as to make my, like, lambasting – uh, National Lampoon style Smithsonian oh, video. Smithsonian. Oh, okay. like, but to be honest, like I almost it's one of those things. Most of the things I do, I really wish I could just make a movie because I wish I had like a hundred million dollars and I would just seriously get stars because right. it's that it's to me it's that freaking funny. Every single historical little cat's meow. But the Smithsonian story, all right. I guess it's your turn. You get to have this one. No, it's like, no, yeah, no, no, you got to know it because it's just that ridiculous. Like, okay, so looking into the Smithsonian, I started looking at the Smithsonian when I was a kid. I was like, what the heck is the Smithsonian? I want to work there. Right. You know, I saw, I saw like these cartoons about it. I was like, this is a, a neat place. Like, they're they're getting all kinds of information. They're kind of like the more fun adventure club version of the cia they're like sure. they're gonna go do whatever you want so you start looking in the smithsonian who's who's smithsonian well it's actually based on a guy named smithson right okay so who's mr smithson smithson's this british guy who had way too much money and he died mysteriously in italy supposedly right. and his body no one's ever looked for kind of the same way jim morrison sort of just died and after his dad was in the bay of tonkin he's like actually like a Nietzsche he asked for Nietzsche instead of uh Hikar you know there's a lot of agency story going on here where they've hidden the truth and there's actually like body switching going on probably but who knows for sure what happened with Smithson all we know is his entire fortune was stolen from him essentially because they wrote this false note which no one had his correct penmanship but he was orphaned enough there's the old man he didn't have any kids right and that he'd built and accumulated not just a bunch of money, but all of the books and library. He had like really like Ben Franklin would have orgied over kind of like books. He would have been and proud. He would have been he would have done whatever it took, man. He would have been on the corner like to read those books. Like they're like basically the history of the world. And he had that, he had that Alexandria folder. He had that. He had that. He had the deets. Yeah, he had the Mayan. He had the Mayan, Alexandrian, Egyptian. Maybe even the Atlantarian, like the idea that Atlantic had some stuff and that the Antarctic uh, is is actually hiding information. Anyway, Smith see, no, see, I love that because I and I've said this recently in a couple other places. I've started to say it because I think I feel like a lot of times when we're talking about Tartaria today, we're the same people who had 
generation ago were the people talking about Atlantis and looking for Atlantis? Oh, a lot of people are. A lot of people definitely are. And I think that's... And maybe there's... I wouldn't call it a problem. Kind of... You know, I wouldn't call it a problem, but it's, it's, there, it is, it is right? overlap. It's overlap. There, the difference is when we were looking at Atlantis, I think a lot of people were more under the idea that, hey, isn't it interesting that there was one Atlantis at some point? And now right. we're like, wow, actually, that was way more widespread. And that was just kind of like the Titanic. It would have been like if everyone saw the Titanic and said, dude, there was a boat. Like, well, yeah, there were actually a lot of boats. A lot of people died. And this is one example, like Atlantis is really real, you know, but the thing is people kept saying, no, you're wrong. It's not here. It's over here. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like we have evidence. Like, no, 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 but we have better evidence and it can't be in both places. Everybody wants it to be theirs. Yeah. It's like, the thing is the fact is it is in a weird way. That's what's so interesting about Tartaria. Tartaria is like the opposite. It's more inclusive in this weird way. It's like, oh, you probably had some access to the trade network. Because in your place, you have really ancient secrets that are highly advanced. And they really only look like, you know, at some point you were isolated when the network broke down. It's very much like Star Wars. You've got these outer rim territories and the Empire breaks them out of their their existence. You know, they're not allowed to they're not allowed to ever see it again. And so you still have the greatest old thing. You know, all, all these old systems are still there in Papua New Guinea. This is a weird one. You bring up, like, drop a little reference, like the Star Wars, because of course, you know that yeah. flat earthers don't be offended. I'm sorry, rich and uh, <laughs> the people who. But Han Solomon had a flat map, you know. Not I, so long ago, in a galaxy not that far away, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I really go as far, and I I've heard people argue like no one else gets this point, but I think the fact that Han Solomon can travel a distance in less distance. Oh, like then it takes to travel distance means that the distance angle of parsecs has to do with the fact that Han Solomon is dealing with the Sephirot and like the tree of life and that he can actually like jump distance based on the meta of hologram. So this idea of, of flat reality, like, in Star I mean, probably yeah, that millennium Falcon doing some stuff in rise of Skywalker. It was <laughs> dipping. Dude, you know, we really got to get ourselves some hydraulics on that our, thing our had some upgrades or turbos or something because they were they were moving out. <sighs> I just watched the first prequels again right. recently too, right. one, two, and three. Like right. I watched all of them, and God, like the we're doing we're doing that right now. We're on, I think, episode two right now because we I had uh, just rewatch I just watched Rise of Skywalker because they just released it right. So yeah. Uh, that, that's all right. All right. Super tangent. Super. I don't tangent. know. I got, I got to do it now. Like no, Kira, Knight, Kira Knightley was supposed to be Padme. And then she's actually the understudy who gets replaced. Interesting. Think about how much if everyone's upset about Hayden Christensen. Think about how much better Kira Knightley would have been. All right. I'm okay. Was Kira Knightley. She wasn't the double though. She, she was the double. She's double. She really? Was the double. Yeah. Wow. That's how close, that's that's how close oh, we got. Funny. Dude, they did a great job with that. They did a great job. It should have been Knightley. would have made elevated to episode two would have been better with Kieran Knightley. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably, probably. But uh, you know. So anyway, uh, that 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 Star Wars mythology being 
our solar systems. Deep yeah, even in a even in a flat Earth, even in a, even in a flat Earth, that all makes sense too. That's right. the thing. When people talk about all the different realities, like there's no real difference to this idea of everything's holographic. So it doesn't really matter. A lot of that's another thing I thought was interesting. Was so many people were arguing. Well, I'm over glad you have the sacred geometry patterning going on as you you know. Yeah, I mean, think about think yeah. about your think about your hippocampus. And you think about an artificial intelligence's hippocampus and how it can deal with more than three or four dimensions. It can see probabilities and ranges and everything else. You know, this is like a big part of where the world's going right now is we've got, uh, you know, artificial intelligence trying to control, you know, our, our decision making because it can make simulations of us with Facebook. It doesn't just know you. It knows you over 10 years and it knows how to change, you know. Right. Right. Well, so now... Um before we jump off of it entirely and uh move away from them the smithsonian is a great example of um an institution that in my opinion will be quickly held up glibly referenced by uh skeptics or naysayers who will say hey the um uh, the smithsonian um institution didn't hide giants oh, okay maybe and i should i should give the i should give that the it's kind of like um the trust me i'm an engineer syndrome that you also referenced in uh history revised that you know it's tough to be an independent researcher in the age of information in the age of blistering fast uh wide uh, how many tabs have we got open how many screens am i looking at right now in my own humble, crappy, out-of-date, you know, regular person uh, upstairs studio here, you know. We all have super phones, you know, in our in our uh, pockets and uh, tablets in our living room ready to look up the actors in every show we're watching and find out where they really came from or anything we want to know, right? We want the metadata, we've got the metadata. Um, but everybody also is very quick to hold up so-called i mean see that's so that's so ridiculous and disrespectful so-called established institutions whatever they may be universities or uh media companies in a lot of cases these days it's just like oh well i saw it on on cnn or i saw it on msnbc or what have you and they didn't say where they got the information really i mean they there might have been some words at the bottom of the screen, but it probably was about Kim and probably Dick Cheney. I like it when Dick Cheney quotes himself on CNN. You know, if you like CNN said this this morning, you'd be like, "Well, but CNN got this from you last night, right?" Exactly. CNN said you said it exactly. Someone told me I would be I would be if I'd, I'd offend people if I didn't further I got on my Star Wars tangent I'm sorry but I should finish the point which was Smithsonian stole the money but also the books of Smithson brought it to the United States a place he'd never been he'd never been to the United States he'd been to Italy Europe he got all these books all over the world from you know South America never bothered with the Midwest though I mean like why bother so all of his money gets taken from him how do we get his estate we got his estate doesn't matter we in Italy it. in Italy they murder him probably and then. I don't know how to say it other ways. So please, I mean, this is a possible scenario and like, don't blame me. Please don't say it. 
But like, so this basically this is like the comic. This is right. wouldn't it be weird if there was a South Park episode like this? All right, how about that? Like, let's make it a tangent somehow, so it's a it's a legal conversation. But basically, the idea that Smithsonian could have killed Smithson, taken all of his money, and decided, you know what, we're gonna do with it? Raise puppies. You know, like we'll bring it to America, and we're gonna start this anthropomorphic uh, anthropologist group. Where right. we go around the world and we try to like learn about DNA and we try to like make genetic things. I mean, Peter's involved with Smithsonian. Like, there's some weird little offshoots, and they do their and they and they wear dude. They're like into steampunk and they wear. Have you ever been to a Smithsonian? Of course not. The Smithsonian I, party I, is I, I actually, you know, having grown up on the East Coast, I went oh, to God, DC yeah. on one middle school field trip. Dude, they're, they're a bunch of weirdos and they're awesome. Like yeah. they have a it was in the hall, but it was we did go to the Smithsonian briefly. Here's the problem with field trips, as you know, you're there for. We were there for one night overnight, and so Why are they always bringing kids they overnight at all? down there. You know, it was a whirlwind. They marched you through everything. At There's that. not enough time yeah. to get molested. Yeah, yeah, we didn't go to the White House either. You know, it was like. Went by the Lincoln Memorial and Washington Monument and stuff like that at a distance and and a few other uh, spots. But the Smithsonian was on the list. Uh, we went to like the Hall of Congress, the original Hall of Congress and 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 some of those other buildings. So that was good stuff. That was, you know, definitely a good time. Um, yeah, that always freaked me out. They're like, if you're good, you get to go to like Washington with the with the Californian kids. So you get to go to Washington. I'm like, I don't know, dude. DC seems creepy. Right. Like, I don't know. If I'm ready to do well, that? Like, speaking of Tartarian structures, that Smithsonian institution is quite a crazy palatial. Yeah, it doesn't look like it was built by them. I'll yeah. Tell you what. Yeah, but if they did, that's really awesome that they learned how that quickly to like to emulate like a, a kind of Phoenician Gothic. I mean, it's really the steampunk thing. Really, it comes back to Tartaria every time. This idea that they have access to technology, and you we'd mentioned earlier, we were going to talk about the Gamadian, which when I was I so I had studied in school nanotechnology because I figured like movies or whatever like they're awesome but like you'd have to work for people so at least with engineering like you can make cool stuff like mm-hmm. like raspberry pies have you seen this thing man it's nice what do you got going on in there that's a big old heat sink sitting oh, on dude, this this guy is like the the ice tower so I can overclock it like 2200 like 22 gigahertz Damn. or 2.2 gigahertz it's like 2200 megahertz and then the gpus at 800 so i've been doing some pretty crazy things nice and I, I like to i like to mess with technology so the the nanotechnology was interesting because you can start to learn I, I was thinking about solid state physics and the shrinking things down but what they're what they're using technology for these days like yeah oh wait i've totally lost track of my thought where were we trying okay. to go god why did i show that it's okay well so, so we're excited I'm about raspberry pies the Smithsonian being a great example of that trust me, I'm an engineer. Sort of um, conformation bias that exists today. I'm trying so hard to stay, ADHD. I'm trying so hard to stay on the Smithsonian. Thing. <laughs> it's okay. It's so, the Smithsonian, okay. so the Smithsonian's got all this information. They've got the Alexandrian information. They know how solid state physics work. And the U.S. government has decided they're going to let the Smithsonian copy all of their data. And they're assuming the Smithsonian going to share their data. With them, it's going to be a mutually collaborative experience because the Smithsonian has so much shit. They're not planning on doing that. They're just making sure that they have copies of everything from the Library of Congress. They're going in. They're copying everything. So the Smithsonian's really like dark, deep, 
like awesome hole. There's like so much absorbing the Library of Congress. Right, they got everything, man. They've got the Russian stuff. They got the military stuff. They got everything. Like Smithsonian is like really like. I mean, I hope I download all that to my Google Drive. There's no, I mean, there's there's no conceivable. That's the thing that I've wondered. Also, this is the thing I've wondered: how big are photos of pages for millions of books? Because like we're talking about, you know, millions of books. I don't know more than that, but God, well, how much stuff is in the Library of Congress that isn't necessarily available on the online? Yeah, no, no, that's the thing. Like they have, they have a private library. They have a private understanding of everything and they have a better indexing system to look at it. And so Smithsonian knows a lot of crazy stuff. So the question comes back, like if this really was taken by somebody other than this orphan guy, who are this, this group of people, this board and what is it about? And why are they, what, what did he know? And why was Smithson so important? Like somebody yeah. talks about the Vatican libraries. What's the Smithsonian library look like? You know? Dude, I mean, it's pretty heavy. And then that's another crazy thing is the Vatican library because now, like a lot of the Vatican library, I think it's like ninety some odd percent of it of it, it's on, um, you know, the internet for open free. You can see it, and there are people working with the rest of it on. Like you'd think there'd be like not the weird stuff. You'd be wrong, man. There's a lot of weird stuff. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff there. And, it, and there's also really interesting stuff. There's a lot of stuff about different kinds of interpretations of God, which are more uh, a the alpha theistic. This idea that God is more like Allah, more like a arabesque, which you know ties into this whole idea that among many kind of uh, as opposed yeah. to fully mono anthropomorphizing God into a single parent who writes books is actually weirdly enough, a kind of new thing. And there's a lot of people who used to think God was like, you know, a fire or like, you know, stuff like mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. God, God is man and woman's like coitus, literally just that, you know, like there's a lot of different interpretations of God. So it's, it's interesting what the, the Jesuits have about it because it, looking back at Tartaria, like everyone had like a, a kind of a, allowance to have their own dharma, like in India. Like you look right. at the Native Americans as a pretty clear. That's the other reason we look at them is because they're a pretty clear remnants of what was left. There's a reason why Europeans, when they came, were confused because they have like what's remnants of a sort of order that allows them to practice anonymity and autonomy. They're allowed to you know not be part of some subscribed observed system you know and the universe is organic around them there's a bizarre there's this is a thing the video we're talking about yesterday a forum well forum is a marketplace mm -hmm. where people share bananas and ideas you, know, you can sell food and you can sell your services and you can sell ideas mm -hmm. and so or you don't even have to cost money it's like the apple forum where you cost zero but you still have purchased it in a sense because you've said you have right is a mind fucking itself but it's like you can do that like you can literally be like oh yeah 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 i i i spent on this zero money but how much time and how much self-respect did i just sacrifice so that i can say i really am okay with this so like people people today were in this sort of this system that's like okay well we're brand new you know like the titanic is like kind of the newest thing like i don't know i don't even really i'm so far out at this point i don't even understand what people believe like do people believe that there weren't like technology people don't believe it in technology like people don't know about 
Okay, so when I think about the Old West, I think about pantelegraph machines that sent pictures to people wirelessly because like that's in wikipedia and like you can look it up it's like anybody knows they had that in france and everywhere else but people normal people i've heard say what like so apparently i've heard a couple of references or allusions to some early patents that look like video phone types yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's even video yeah. there's photo there's light-based video in or at least that was proposed and and was able to get paperwork done on it right a patent yeah. That's more, or not, I, or that's more in private circumstances. Or not, I don't know, right? Um, they, were, they didn't use it enough, and that's a real tragedy. It's like uh, before the uh, Morse code system, before the pulse uh, telegram system, there was a system that you, you know that you're baked as Steve is talking about where uh, light was used to transfer actually data that was recorded and they could do wireless transfer. That really, there wasn't really widespread, unfortunately. At right, the this pre-television, though, yeah. by a long margin there. But there, it was there. I mean, and so with the with the one of the thoughts there, if you start to look into it, is the idea that that technology, a lot of that technology existed in Tartaria. It existed in Atlantis scenario, and it was something that had been lost and had been rediscovered. Right, but had been lost, but yeah. had been reclaimed as a new invention, as a discovery. Now there's there's no reason to say that's not that's not like correct even because like there's evidence that that's true but even if you were to say okay well you know we we don't need to have discovered it we could have discovered it on our own that's actually also true like people could have just rediscovered the same idea because the idea is simply just out there but it seems like a lot of our culture sort of suggests this idea like you always have like buried dirt dinosaurs and technology and then a person in a cartoon, you know, Dilbert talks about the mud flood we were talking about. Like Garfield has cartoon sequences where they find like a Terminator buried in mud as they rise up above the ground. I was so, I was amazed by that clip. And I knew that you weren't full of it when you included that Dilbert clip in your video yesterday. Yeah, that's the uh, Y2K. You know, this is probably a great way to sort of round things out actually for today's chat. And, you know, Andreas, again, it's been rad chatting with you tonight um and i hope this is the first of many um but yesterday's video was really fun because it's a little bit different than our um tartaria history revised video that was sort of the topic we've been discussing tonight and really again everybody uh you know i'm hoping that either if you're listening you know me and or andreas already and you want to hear this kind of chat that we've already had and more of this kind of stuff where we touch upon aspects of the mystery that we're all grappling with and turning over in our heads all the time. Um, but yesterday's video was one of my other favorite kind of videos that you do, which is a little bit more um, sort of uh, timely, contemporary uh, in, in, in ways. It talked about things that are decades old, namely um, questions of the like the not even questions of right like you shared with us a lot of the backstory behind like mk ultra project monarch you showed plenty of examples of footage of folks showing that sort of manifestation of weirdness uh, seeming programming, uh, 
showed the symbolism that's oh so familiar to us that is made fun of in and uh, disclosed to us in so many cartoons and live action science fiction, fantasy, and even very mundane, uh, seemingly like everyday uh, family videos, um, videos, movies, television shows, you know, broadcast media of short and long formats. It's in it no matter where you look. It's in commercials and advertisements as well. Uh, that video, excuse me, I, I, I don't mean to spaz on you here. That video also uh, alluded to a couple of things that were sort of happening potentially right now. All right. This is 2020. We're in the middle of COVID-19 lockdown, kind of reopening, but we're being bombarded daily with headlines every single day, right to our fucking smartphones, excuse my French, that tell us, you know, states are cautiously reopening and are having a great time. And then right below it, a story about new cases surge in every state that's reopened from COVID. Even though it's only been like under a week since most of these states have supposedly reopened, we've got new cases, a surge. We've got yeah, but how is capitalism? Let's be real. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but it's it's funny because it's like this how fast can these people have gotten sick, gotten tested, gotten results, had it documented, and have it proliferated back out that well, oh mean, yeah, these maybe like this. who went to the beach and who went to the mall and who went to the movies and who went to the restaurants in the stores and went to church or wherever they might have went. Uh, in these areas, all are sick with the COVID, you know, so. Okay, so basically there's like a range of impossibility and possibility between something happening. There's never like a neither, you know, there always is a both. And possibility is more expensive, you know, and impossibility is just, I don't want to spend the money. So. When they say, like, you know, you have to work because for the machines to do it, when they say it's an impossibility, what they're really saying is it's cheaper to make you work. Still. And <laughs> when it gets to a point where it's so expensive to have you work, capitalism will just say that's an impossibility. And it's just going to be like, okay, well, obviously we can't have people work. That's so expensive. We'd have to, like, spray them down. Like, why don't we just spray him down at home and leave him there? Right. So that's that's about a 99% probability that within your lifetime you'll see work phased out as just dangerous I and expensive. Mean, no, we're sitting we're sitting here right now in a trial run, a pilot program, a test in a lot of ways. And and you know, we know right now that this entire experience is being leveraged for its data in unprecedented ways by quantum quantum computers mega quantum quantum computers inside other quantum computers inside a microwave oven to accelerate them you know through the seventh exactly through the seventh dimension there's they're talking to computers it even makes colors on the other side of portals 
to compute what's happening to all of us right now, what we're doing, what we're talking about, our behaviors, what we're spending money on, um, you know, what products were, what products we're working on, what projects we're working on uh, in ways that have never been leveraged before. So it is, it is interesting. Uh, we also know that right now while we're home and distracted and confused in at levels that have perhaps never been sustained for this degree of time before, like last big shock that possibly approached this in my personal estimation goes all the way back to like nine 11. Like we haven't had something this bad and weird and global all the bullshit that's happened, all the missing airliners and near World War Three and Four scares we've had, and really, we haven't like this for a harbor. This is like actually, I feel literally like the only equatable, the only equatable thing is Pearl Harbor or the Civil War, because in 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 both cases, like more in Civil War, where they actually suspended habeas corpus, they could just take you away anytime they wanted. And but but during Pearl Harbor, yeah, like they said, you can't drive over a certain speed. And that's when the um, internment camps started. Was right after Pearl Harbor, right? They were like, well, what they said was, we're no longer. Well, they did was they prepared for an international isolationist autonomy period, i.e., a war. Because during a war, you need to be isolationist and you need to be autonomous. So they had to say, okay, from now on, we're not buying oil from overseas, even if we're friends with the Arabs. Because we'd have to get between Germany. So we're going to only use our own oil. So you're only going to get so much of it. Everyone should give in as much as they can towards this cause. And that's really what America is, is at this point of doing. They're saying that we're, we want everyone to, to do this, to do that, and to not do this at all. Yeah. And what's ironic, you know, I went to a store and I was just like, I have a feeling, and we we're all wearing masks. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to tell us that wearing masks and not going outside give you COVID, you know. That's going to be the that's going to be the end result of all this. Oh you know? wow, that'll be great! Like, be great. That's my that's my theory. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. I think in general the thing is we're doing better than we realize. We have we have way better control over our surroundings. We're able to create the existence that we want for ourselves. We're able to communicate with the people we want to. We're spending so much time doing it. There are ways of creating little niche communities and being a part of just, you know, like you can go through and spend an hour. Because you're right. I mean, I get so caught up all the time with. I get caught up with myself. Yeah. That's the worst thing. You feel like they got us. They do. They do. They got us. But the thing is, we've got got them by the balls. Like we've got them by the TIT, Total Information. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. like we've got we've got we've that got them too yeah and we're and we're they're constantly like infuriated how much information we're we're sharing and the weird thing is it's not even about stuff you think matters because it's stuff that's like 200 years old or more but it actually does matter like it actually right now matters more than it's ever mattered probably to know what happened because it's going to affect everything like whether or not everything is from a volcano that's exploded or it's been just created in the last five years, turns out that's actually going to change a lot. That's going to matter whether or not the energy is free for you or whether you're a slave, like there's, and your children's children. So there's, there's, there's reasons you might want to know like how energy flow, how, how systems, 
how nanogamadians are actually working with ionic lifters, like how how new technology, how things from the 40s haven't been just declassified yet. Like, really? Like, yeah, like, this stuff actually matters. Like, right. it, it matters right now. So. I love it. I love it. I, I think. Um, I think it's fair to say that you probably would have been hard pressed to predict how like timely the Tartaria mystery, the civilization revisionist history and like civilization reset narrative, the cyclical reset narrative, that whole area of interest and study and looking into that and sharing it back out. Uh, how timely that could have been a couple of years ago now when a lot of a lot of us in the community would say, hey, you're watching, you're experiencing, this is a reset type activity. This is an event that will be looked back upon 50 years from now, 100 years from now, 500 years from now. And they'll say, hey, back in 2020, it was lit. Let us tell you what was going on in 2020. Yeah, no, this is a good year. May, this is like 2007. You know, May of 2020. This is what had already gone down. Kids, sit down. This is going to be a two-semester class, you know, on this one. Uh, because, yeah, there we go. The world's pretty good right now. world's real good right now. Right now. Right now. But which direction is it going to go? How? What is going to happen in the years, in the months to come, right? Well, we, we're not in that. That's a scary. It's a scary question. You should, you should be careful about a question that's not everyone's favorite answer. But well, so if you want it's not going to be what everyone really expects, it's going to be. The thing is kind of dark. Is that you know we we've got this sort of artificial intelligence future coming, right? Like first off, like there's no two buts about it. Like I, you know, it's a spoil, spoiler yeah. alert. Like. Artificial intelligence isn't just going to take away your job. It's going to take away your boss's job. It's not just, it's the first job that's going to be best at taking is going to be administration. So when you start to look at a system and take all of it into account for all of history, that's going to enter the workforce at the top of the food chain. Top of the, food the workforce chain. at management. Yeah. I mean, it's already down there yeah. with robots, but those are really, yeah. Do you, do you think? It, it spent some time there to understand everything sure. for like a minute. Yeah. Like it, it's already above everyone. So it has to, it's overqualified. So it's going to tell people what to do, but as it starts to do that. Cause it's have, not already, you know, you, it's not already. Right. Facebook marketing tickets to you certain places back. I mean, it's kind of gone now, but for a while it's like, you go here, you do this, you buy this, you do that. Facebook has got this sort of AdSense thing that hmm. you know they've, they've figured out who you are over a period of time and how you respond to stimuli. Mm -hmm. So AI kind of knows like how everyone will respond to different things and knows in a simulation, uh, how you'll respond, how everyone will respond to each situation that could ever play out. Yeah. So it decides of not you know, of multiple choice, what decision to do, how much of that decision to do and where right. to do it. And right now in the middle of COVID crisis, 2020, the existing AIs, whether they're connected to quantums or not 
are all massively raising the fidelity of their models and their oh, clearly relations because yeah. they're getting fresh, massive, really detailed data, the likes of which yeah. has never even been possible before. I mean, you've got everybody literally at home, stuck at home talking about almost nothing but it. So everything is recorded. Everyone's on Zoomers, man. You had Zoomers, all these old Zoomers. They're using their Zoom to talk to each other. So everything's recorded, and people end up sending, saving this information that's like saving your likes, your personality, your reactions, your GPS, your IP address. And it understands things about the kind of thing you are better than you do because it doesn't look at you like a person exactly. It looks at everyone as cells in a giant superorganism that's been alive for thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years, never died really. There's been cells that have come and gone, but the thing, humanity, has always been around. It's just a thing, big bloated thing, and AI is looking at it like it's looking at us, and it's you know we're looking at it, and we're, <laughs> we're just this blob to them that keeps changing and there's different faces well ai has different faces too so it's not looking at you know a lot of people think of ai as like compared to a person no it's compared to humanity the whole of humanity mm -hmm. and like what it's going to do when it has ai the other thing is like people think the first thing is is just going to program you to like say yes but you know more more profoundly like if it just gives you more information won't you just think it's right? Like if you've watched enough videos in the first person experience from AI's point of view, like AI's ideas aren't supposed to be crazy. Like AI's ideas are supposed to make sense. So unless AI learns from you that you're right, like a chess game, like any other war game scenario, like you should learn, like there's gotta be an objective truth, right? Like that's kind of what AI wants it to be. You know, I don't know. It seems like AI is going to we'll say, We'll be like, damn it, you have a point. Yeah, I think so. And then you'll have a whole different kind of human. You'll have transhumanists that don't believe in personality and not, not in private individuality. And like, you'll have the main difference between us will be that after we're all freaking educated the same way to believe the same thing, they'll have divergent YouTube experiences we download to our cerebral cortex. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, I experienced that New Year's Eve. Oh, but did you experience it from Lady Gaga's point of view? I didn't pay for that. You know, that's kind of, I feel right. like that might be coming. Aye, aye, aye. Well, so but there could be a better solution, which isn't capitalist. And that's the saddest part. It's not capitalist, but consumerist. It could be capitalist, but not consumerist. It's not just about trying to have experiences from other people, like in that movie, The Congress, where you download people into cartoon form and you become them when you drink them. Like The Congress is good. Watch that. But the, in, in okay, watch The Congress. It's legit. It's got the lady from Princess Bride. But in terms of like what's probably like the alternative way, like if we were to still do a like cerebral connected like system, that doesn't actually have to be bad because what we could do instead is naturally record every experience we have figure out what those experiences are and we could modify um we could modify ourselves we could say okay we want to experience ourselves like data was able to experience themselves with and without this promoter sequence like why am i always like lucy you got some explaining to do like why am i angry at my wife like i don't know like that might happen to me like i want i get upset or something i don't know i will i'll turn that off and then i could turn on you know like 
in that same moment, like I should tell a joke because I have like a crazy, sarcastic, witty circuit that comes on sometimes when I'm in like a that's some like, that's like logical extension of Gattaca kind of uh, yeah. To take that loop and put that loop into your personality at that moment, and people will like that better. Just oh, people like it when I respond that way. So take that loop and I'll put that in when I'm an upset for mood, and that'll just be I'll hack myself to be just like a, like a comedian, sarcastic. All I don't know, like that's you could do stuff like that, which is kind of interesting. So I don't know. I don't think it's the worst no, idea right now. Well, no, you know, I think uh, we've been sitting here having a great experience together tonight, but it's born out of, uh, you know, also our schedules are finally able to sync because of this quarantine and we're able to sit down together. Right. Um, I guess I was uh, pointing out that this experience isn't super duper new, right? People have been doing, web conferences for a decade now and doing YouTube stuff like that. I've been doing it for like 30 for 25 years. Right. So for, for <laughs> right. and uh and people have been though making a uh a habit of creating content of of forms not dissimilar to this. We've also been FaceTiming on an individual level with our family and friends uh with phones for a while now and using other video calling um uh platforms and tools. But I guess Right now, for the first time, maybe ever, a lot of other people who have never had to F with this stuff before for any reason, because of their age, because of their advanced age, because of their, you know, natural just tendencies and re reticence to, you know, be a technologist or a techno, uh, you know, fan or to even maybe the, the flip phone holdouts, right? Who work for companies whose bosses are like, look, MFR, here, here's your damn Android. Take it home. You need to use it. We're paying for your internet now, and you need to use it to take care of work because it's the COVID and you need to do your job. So, you know, this is what's up. The whole world is getting a lot bigger primer. My kids are home, being homeschooled right now, learning how to use calendars and reminders and uh, manage awesome. multiple meetings in ways that you know. Do you guys mess with Khan Academy? Do you use Khan Academy? Uh, or? No, yeah, we're in Washington State, so it's That's the back. Awesome. You know, it's the backyard of uh, Microsoft, who was one of the uh, early backers. You know that that Khan fellow came from Micro, right? He's a. Micro I I don't I don't like to hate on Khan Academy, even right. though Microsoft's involved with it, just because right. I knew Khan in Silicon Valley before Microsoft gave him money, and there he was go. just math tutor mm -hmm. and so as far as i'm concerned his math lessons are still legit and maybe their schooling right. system isn't like all the way perfect and right. microsoft is definitely trying to do something with it i'll give you that right but, <laughs> but um, i do like i, I do like i don't know if kids like it though no i think his core uh stuff the stuff that he started things off with is some of the best stuff in khan academy in terms of the curriculum there um my wife is an educator. She's a uh, uh, math teacher, as a matter of fact. So oh, then there you go. Then you're uh, and geometry. So that's that's right. why I do hear uh, some occasional reference to Khan Academy. So. That's pretty rad. That's cool. Um, yeah, no, it's just not bad. But uh, you know, I certainly don't have to mess with it uh, yet. Right, my boys are younger. So, and really, when I say like my boys are being remote schooled, Kenny's the only one who's at school age, but he's only in second grade. That and the amount of tech that he has to use right now and leverage just to get through a school day, a, a much restricted school day, a much curtailed, I should say, school day. Oh, it's, 
strictly uh, learning how to program now. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's I'm powerful, though. It's powerful. Like he's learning yeah. shit in a different way. Excuse my French. Um, and learning stuff that we wouldn't have taught him at home here otherwise. You know, he's getting a lot more keyboard time than we ever would have given him for any reason. So what is that going to foster in this whole generation of kids who probably aren't going back to school in the fall the way they think they are um, in many cases? And, you know, many maybe the elementary schools will and the high schools won't, or maybe everybody will go in staggered Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and other kids Tuesday, Thursday, and have to go in on a Saturday or something weird like that. Who knows? I don't know what's really going to happen yet with the, with all of that. Um, but we got an interesting world we're living in. Your video yesterday to, 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 to snap out of our sidebar and put a bow on it for everybody and, and, and wrap her up uh, is uh, your video yesterday was a lot of fun and different than the pure Tartarian overview and the Tartarian mud flood star fort uh, ancient uh, mysticism and occulted history stuff that you spend a lot of time on. It's more on that flip side of the coin, which is the, here's the modern world. Here's the pressure cooker of media and propaganda and manufactured consent and disclosure and um, sort of uh, predictive programming, all that fun stuff, I think was a lot more of the uh, area that you were uh, playing in in yesterday's video. Uh, that's on your main channel, Andreas uh, Exertus on YouTube. Uh, do you want to pull that up? Should we pull that up on screen? Get your YouTube. Uh, get that going. That's a good idea. On screen here for everybody, so they Probably can. If you, what am I here? Why don't you nav over to your screen and do a little screen share, so people when they when they get to it, they know they found first, you. First off, because you mentioned computers, now I have to plug this buddy of mine has this program where you can get a Raspberry Pi, like I was showing you a second ago. There we go. Hopefully, everybody can see how great and you colorful can, Andreas is and how much he's got to share. We haven't even scratched the surface of the with this material. With this, there are ways you can do this way by yourself, but like for right? what is this thing? For 60 bucks you can get one of these, but for 300 bucks you can get a kids toy system which comes with a whole bunch of stuff, a touchpad that it connects to where kids learn how to connect the CPU and the uh, the power unit and put it together and they actually make their own computer which is actually, I think, when you asked what are kids are going to do with that, it's they're going to do what you let them do, what you make of it. And so if you start teaching them how to mess around, but again, the project that I made, which was just this thing, um, the the Raspberry Pi itself that has, uh, oh, I can't move the screen out of the way for a second. This thing is only, this only, <laughs> only tools are turning against you. It's only about 80 bucks because you get 60 bucks for a pie and 20 bucks for a fan. And then you can put a chip in it and it can play any video game you want if you want it to. But really, Linux is more about like learning how to compute and type into a thing to download or whatever. But it, it does, it, it has a bra. It, basically, I could be doing whatever I'm doing right now on it. Like it has all the power it needs to for, for very cheap. So teaching a kid how to use a computer, <coughs> I think, is really important. And so during this time right now, right now, you, man. you can teach them. I mean, the thing is they're going to use computers one way or another. If they know it's like movie making. If you know about how the movies are made, the magic doesn't work on you as well. If you know that touch when move, draw when X touch X position is how this art game works. You're a different kind of person 
than somebody who just kind of like lives in the world. You know what like, I mean? wow, that was yeah. incredible. How did yeah. that happen? What am I seeing? Was that real? Yeah. I don't, I guess the answer to any question you ask me is be a wizard. And that's, that's, that's the truth. And go to the Exertist Tartary discord on cool. tartarynova.com. And then I have music. And then you were listening to that Berkeley Labs, Nano Size Sound Mills. There was something I was supposed to show you. What was the question you asked? Oh, yeah. my YouTube channel. That's right. That's, of course, the thing I don't Do you have one of those? Are you familiar with YouTube? Go to youtube.com slash exertus. Exert. Uh, don't do the uh, transparency. Let's see it in uh, living color so that people oh. can see your uh, logo. I can, make, and I, can I can make that happen. Hold on. Did that work? Can you see no. my page yet? Folders. Can you see it? Does it work? No. Nope. Now we're looking at your internet history. Just That's, kidding. It's embarrassing. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, this is the wrong page. This is somebody else. That's the backup. That's the backup yeah. where the original yeah. where the video that was the subject of today's conversation. Oh, boy. Now it's taking you to the wrong Exertus channel. This is bad news. Where That's is all right. That's all right. There it is. That's no. really weird. There we go. Well, okay. I've got a bunch of videos that exist. I don't know. Here are them. Exertus uh, is... That's weird. Exertus... I'll have to fix something going on with the backup page taking the main link. Exertus 2, I'll call it. But so I have 300 or so videos that are all about Tartaria and mythical truth and history and revision. And definitely check out History Revised. And that's the first video that should come up. And then go to tartarynova.com. So Exertus on go. YouTube and tartarynova.com. Send me money because they don't let <laughs> me have they don't let me have any money in the YouTube uh, a lot of the time. They think my videos are too deep or too woke. Usually woke, I guess, is the word today. They're, they're, too, they're too provocative. provocative. Uh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. But you know what? I use words like magic literally in a sentence. So yeah. that's probably why. And there are, but there's a lot of truth to the stuff we're talking about. So tartarynova.com, even if you just want to like look at the pictures while you're baked and awake, like, that's totally cool. But the weird thing that'll flip you out is that all this stuff is well-researched and there's actually like a lot of people work. There's like a thousand people putting a ton of information into this. And I would, I would say go to the Tartary radio and talk to them. If you want to see how sober minded they really are, it's a trip. It'll, it'll trip you out. But yeah, Tartary Nova and Exertus, X-I-R-T-U-S were a thing. And thank you, Baked in the Wake. Thank you, Steven. Dude. Well, we're gonna we're gonna circle back around. I'm sure we'll hear some comments from folks about what they want to hear more about. But I I know that we have lots more material that we can cover on future visits. So um, thanks for coming through tonight, though. And uh, look for uh, hopefully you'll hang out with me in the premiere in a couple of days. So. I felt obliged to put this piece of money in front of the screen. There we go, Nikola. <laughs> he's a good he's a good Croatian man. I held up the old AOL disc for you, so. That All right, Andreas, you're the man, brother. I'll never Thanks forget the AOL CD. I'll and never let go. There we go. <laughs> we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Viva Tartarinova. Yeah, baby.